It's time now for another edition of Roarman's Raging Softball Report. Everything Louisiana softball. Now, here's your host, loving Louisiana softball since 1981. It's the Roar Man. Hello, and welcome into another edition of my softball podcast. I am the Roar Man. I really do appreciate you tuning in. Joining me now is a very special guest. I have with me the Raging Cajun, who holds the record for the most steals in a season for the Cajuns and in the Sun Belt Conference, none other than Keely Milligan. Keely, thanks so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Well, you know, you only played one year with Occasions. That was in 2019, almost four years ago. I mean, does it really seem that long ago? It somehow seems like it was yesterday, and it somehow seems like it was 10 years ago. It's it's somewhere in the middle of that. It's somewhere in the middle of that. I sure wish I could go back. I wish it was. Yeah, tomorrow. I wish you could come back, too. <laughs> so I remember when you stepped on campus, you were a senior. Mm-hmm. But you had braces. And to be honest, you looked like you were about 17, but you could play. So do you still get carded? Oh, um, honestly, no, I don't <laughs> anymore. I really didn't a whole lot then. You know, what's really funny is when I was at UL, there was one weekend. The whole team were going out. We're enjoying ourselves. We had just won some big game. I go out and it's somewhere where we need a card. I show him my ID and he hands it to me and he says, that's the worst fake ID I've ever seen in my life, but whatever. I'm like, this is real. What are you talking about? 100% real. (laughs) I've actually shown when I forget my ID sometimes, I actually will pull up my roster picture and it works (laughs) every time. (laughs) Well, I guess when somebody thinks that you are younger than you are, that's a good thing. Yeah, my lessons, the girls that I teach absolutely can't believe that I'm 26 and have two kids. <laughs> they like think I'm their age or something. I'm like, no, <laughs> that math doesn't make sense. <laughs> all right, so let's go all the way back to your high school and travel ball career. You played for Vider High School, mm-hmm. and people may not know this, but you also played volleyball. And your senior year in high school, you hit 714. You played travel ball for Impact Gold Jackson out of Spring, Texas. So tell me about your your high school years, your volleyball playing and your travel ball career. You know, I wasn't fantastic at volleyball, honestly, but it was I loved competing at something that it didn't feel like life or death. You know, like it was enjoyable to compete at something. And if I messed up, I wasn't going to go home and like cry myself to sleep about it. It was like, eh, it's whatever. I cared about it, but I knew I wasn't going to go play college volleyball or do anything like that. It's funny because I do remember my freshman year, I made varsity for volleyball. I was a libero. And my coach pulls me to the side and she goes, Keely, you know, like, if you want to take this seriously, we might be able to get you into a college somewhere. Maybe you could do something like that. <laughs> and I told her, coach, I'm going to go play college softball. And she laughed at me and was like, okay, all right. <laughs> that was ridiculous for me to say. But yeah, that's what I did. And I loved, I know a lot of people, I talked to a lot of girls around here and a lot of people don't enjoy high school softball. I personally loved it. I had amazing coaches who supported me. They actually knew the game. They listened to us. So I really enjoyed representing my hometown. I mean, I know sometimes people say that Vider doesn't have a great reputation, but 
uh, if you don't claim it and you don't do things to change that reputation, then people will continue to think that. So I always proudly claim that I'm from Biter and I do what I can to hopefully change how people feel about that. So always was proud to play for Biter. Um, and man, select ball. I actually committed to A&M on a team called Hitaway Gold. Um, out of Spring, Texas, we played actually like the field across was our home field from uh, Impact. But once I committed, I ended up on Impact and played with Caitlin Alderink, Riley Sarton. Caitlin Alderink, she ended up at UL. That's funny. <laughs> yep. um, I played with her on that team and um, really enjoyed it. We got to go and travel and play really great competition. So, yeah. So yeah. what grade were you in when you committed to Texas A&M? And did other schools recruit you as well? I'm, I'm thinking they did. So I was, uh, it was the beginning of my sophomore year when I committed. Of course, there wasn't any rules or anything. Everything's changed a lot. But I was at the beginning of my sophomore year in a class of five. And I was actually the last one to commit. Everyone else was like eighth graders at the beginning of their freshman year when they committed. Yeah. I was the last one by a lot. Um, and I was really late to the recruiting process. That's funny that sophomore year was really late. And I was really late to the recruiting process. So I didn't really have the opportunity to get uh, recruited by a lot of schools. I went on a visit. My first ever visit I went on in high school was to UL. When, oh, really? Yes, when Lotif was still the coach. That was my first ever visit. And um, I was a huge fan of UL for a very, very, very long time. Even when I was committed to A&M, I would actually go to UL and watch them when they hosted a regional and a super regional. Um, so I was I was there just because it was always great softball, and I'm a fan of great softball. Mm -hmm. um, so you were at A&M for three years and then you transfer to UL for your senior year. Did they go after you or did you just want to go to UL? I think Coach Glasgow was at A&M maybe your freshman year. Right. Yes. So he was at um, he was at A&M my freshman and sophomore year. And I believe he left maybe the semester, my first semester, my junior year was I think about what that was. I mean, I already said that I was a big fan of UL from the very beginning. That was where I went on my first visit. I was familiar with Coach Glasgow, but there's a lot of things that go into this. So my parents lost their house for a, my parents lost their home in a hurricane. And so at that point in my life, I was a kid who needed, like I needed money. I needed the money to go to school somewhere, you know? So um, that limits you a little bit. Like I need somewhere that has the money at last minute to give me a full ride. Oh, you did get a full ride at UL. I don't even know if that's well, honestly, all of the seniors did that year. That's awesome. Yeah. That's yeah. Because awesome. Glasgow is super cool like that. So he made sure that we were all really well taken care of that year. Yeah. I was a kid who had a lot of, um, I had financial needs at that time. So that limited my choices, but it didn't matter because UL was always a choice for me. I sought them out. It was definitely a meet in the middle thing. <laughs> I was told that if you transferred to UL, Coach Glasgow told you you would have a chance to break the single season stolen base record, which you did. So that really worked out well. That was one of the first things he told me. Like on the phone, that is one of the very first things he told me. He had already looked it up. He had already looked up the numbers. He had, I walk in his office, you want a coach that's going to work for you. I walk in his office and he has a whole spreadsheet of about what my batting average would need to be to steal that many bases. He like, he does it. He does it for real. You know, he just, he told me I had the opportunity, whatever I wanted for softball, I had the opportunity to accomplish it there. Like if you want the opportunity to be an all American, if you want to compete in postseason, if you want the opportunity to go to the world series, that's something you can accomplish there. What more could you want? 
How did you get so fast? I've always been fast forever. <laughs> Ever. You know I don't hit the ball hard. Got to run quick. <laughs> well, you were so you were 60 out of 67 stolen bases for those who may not know. How did you get thrown out seven times? Oh, man. You know, I wouldn't be shocked if over half of those times were leaving early. Okay. <laughs> I didn't think of that. That's a great I, point. Yes. I would not be shocked if over half those times were leaving early. I remember when the one time, really, my senior year, where I felt like I got hosed. Like, I was like, okay, I was out. I was out. Was against, um, gosh, who was it? Southeastern Missouri, maybe. It was in the regional at Oxford. That first game we played, I stole third, like the first pitch. It was a fake button run, stole third immediately. And they had done that. I mean, hats off to them because they had obviously done their scouting. They knew. And, I mean, she was waiting. She had me hosed. I was like, all right, whatever, girl. You got me. <laughs> well, let's talk a little bit about that 2019 team. There were quite a few transfers on that team, including Sarah Hudek, who was played at Texas A&M as well. Just tell me about – the vibe on that team that year y'all went 25 and 0 in conference so that had to be really fantastic for everyone right um we really liked each other like that whole team we really we got along there was we liked each other and i think that's difficult to accomplish i say i mean everyone's like oh of course your team likes each other but that's not always the case that is not always the case um especially when you have a lot of people who were already established on a team along with a lot of transfers who were established on a team as well. So people that were leaders on their previous team and people that were leaders on the team that is already intact. Sometimes that comes together and it's not a good thing, but I think we did a really good job of blending what we had and giving and taking a little bit. And it worked. It worked. It was not always perfect. And I don't, I've never been on a team that was always perfect. I don't know anyone that can say they have, but um, we made it work and you can tip your hat to people like, Lexi Como for making that happen. You know, there was people on that team that really uh, took you in. Raina O'Neill is somebody like that. She'll always make you feel welcome. Um, Lexi wasn't so, and she could have been, she could have been very hell bent on being, I'm the leader. This is my team. And she wasn't, she wasn't, she was a clear leader on the team, but um, she didn't need the spotlight. So it's, it's people like that that make it run well. So in 2019, the team finished 52 and six and went 25 and 0 in the Sun Belt Conference, which I previously mentioned. At the regional at Ole Miss, I was there with the series tied at one game each. In the third and deciding game, I remember this vividly. It was the sixth inning. The Cajuns had gone ahead four to three, and with two on and two out, you get up to the plate. I know you remember what happened. Just let me state it. You hit a line drive that was snagged by the third baseman on a really nice play. And if that ball hits the gap, a couple of runs are scored and the Cajuns go up by three. Instead, the inning ended and Ole Miss scored two runs in the bottom of the seventh to get the win in advance. The Cajuns were sent home. Tell me about what you remember about that at bat. It's funny because um, it was Brittany Finney pitching. And she's a great pitcher. She throws, she's got a lot of velocity. You know, she'll throw 70 miles an hour every single time. She keeps the ball up in the zone. I have hit one single home run in my entire career. It was off Brittany Finney the previous year. Coach Glasgow, you know I'm a slapper. I don't usually hit the ball hard. Or I was, I was a slapper. Coach Glasgow comes up to me. Not that he didn't have confidence in me, but maybe it wasn't my spot. Glasgow comes up to me right before that. And he says, do you want this at bat or should we get a pinch hitter? 
just because, not because he didn't have faith. And I knew that. I knew that. I knew that Coach Glasgow always had faith in me. But because maybe that wasn't my moment because I'm, I'm a slapper. We needed RBIs. And I told him, I said, you know, I hit a home run off her last year, right? And I was confident. And I was on time. And I felt great. And I will always say, even though I got out, I squared that ball up and I was six inches away from changing the game. I would still take that at bat. I was, I was there. I was there. And I still, not anything against my teammates, anything like that. Because he named someone specific. Not anything against her. She's a great hitter. I wanted it. And I was confident. You know, I quality at bat, wearing the ball up just because you get out doesn't mean it's necessarily a bad thing. Um, it felt like a horrible thing at the time. But I'll never forget that conversation of him and me just saying, like, I hit a home run against her. I can do this. Like, leave me in. Well, let me tell you this, Keely. I was sitting right there and I heard him ask you that question. I heard him ask you if you wanted to be at the plate or if you wanted to be somebody to bat for you. I heard him ask you that question. I didn't hear him say, uh, I didn't hear you tell him that you had hit a home run off of her, but I did hear him tell you that, ask you that question. And, uh, you did. You squared it up. It was a nice play by the third baseman. The game might have turned out differently, but there's there's nothing to be uh, ashamed about that bat because it was a solid at bat. Um, I don't know if you can watch it on YouTube or not. I think they have the highlights of that game, but I don't think they had that particular play. So I asked you if you remembered it. Of course you did. It probably I think I, that was your very last bat as a collegiate player. So uh, it turned out to be a great year, even though they didn't get to advance to the Super Regional. So basically, after that, your career ends. You signed with the USSA Pride of the NFP in 2019. I think Glasgow was coaching that team. I may be wrong. But then in 2020, the pandemic put an end to the NFP season, uh, NPF season. And uh, tell me about that chart experience with the USSA Pride. We had fun. It was exciting, and I don't want to put U-Triple-S-A down at all because it's not a U-Triple-S-A thing. Um, but, man, it's just – you're playing against the best in the world, and it doesn't feel as competitive and fun as college softball. And I wouldn't be shocked – you can ask – I don't. they won't tell you that, but honestly, any of those girls will tell you that. It's not – it was fun. It was a good experience. I enjoyed it. I would go back and do it again. I'd still be playing softball right now if I could but um man it's nothing like playing in front of a school that you represent you know it's just nothing like that so now you're back home inviter you decide yeah. you want to coach so you get a couple of students you know you put your name out there on Facebook or whatever you start teaching softball and at the same time or maybe before that you fall in love you get married to some guy with the last name of Fowler and now you have two kids so uh -huh. you're like changed i mean uh it's a definite change from where you were previously let me tell you a short story i have a nephew his name is michael strengths he played baseball at ul his last year was 2013 and he was a catcher and i remember him going to the baseball field he had a he had this big bag over his shoulder with all of his catching equipment before the game he'd go in and he'd get dressed out he'd go play the game he finishes college he plays in the minor leagues for two years he gets married then I see him go attend a UL game and he's got a backpack on, except for this time, it's full of diapers. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Funny how a person's life changes in a very short period of time. So tell me about your married life inviter and your two kids. 
Oh man, it's funny because I'm actually thinking like you can probably hear my kid back there screaming and yelling at me. He wants in the room so bad. I'm actually in my daughter's room right now. Um, <laughs> it's the the one place in the room where I can get like a little bit of peace and lock him out. <laughs> so, or else he would be like all over me right now. Um, yeah, so Troy and I actually went to school together for a long time. He's two years ahead of me, but he's been a friend of my cousin. So I have an older cousin named Kelsey. Same grade as Troy, and I've just known Troy for a very, very long time. He's always been in my circle, things like that. Um, he's, been, he's a friend of the family, pretty much. And um, <laughs> I was at home, and I'm, I mean, it's in the middle of seasons. At that time, I'm planning on going back with Pride. I'm planning, this is before Corona, all that stuff, and I'm planning on going back with Pride, and Troy snaps me, and it's pretty much all downhill from there. I'm bored, you know, like, and we start hanging out. He's one of my very good friends, and that's just kind of how it happens. And now you blink and it's three years. It's actually, we've been together for three years, three days ago. And it's just kind of crazy how that happens. I don't know how we have two kids already, but yeah, I'm kind of crazy and I live my life unconventionally. So about six months after us uh, being together, we're like, you know what? When you know, you know, let's have a baby. <laughs> we just, we're like, okay, we're going to have a baby. And we just did it all real quick. Who cares? And um we end up buying a house together, our perfect house out in uh, the perfect part of town, exactly where we want, you know. Awesome. And now I'm doing like the real basic stuff. I'm a real basic mom out here, but it's so much fun having your two kids. Like I have two kids, I have a daughter and a son, and I couldn't ask for anything better. It's the best part of life, you know, like I get to wake up with them and enjoy it. And I still get to do softball and I'm praying, oh my gosh, that my kids want to play my son's left hand I'm just like okay like you're gonna pitch and Phoebe's gonna be like this awesome catcher and she's gonna hit the ball hard and I just that's what I want so bad for them but I won't push it I won't push it but that's what I want <laughs> yeah well my nephew uh Michael he actually married an ex-UL softball player Paige Carmier they have two girls and a boy so I'm hoping you know about let's see 14 years from now uh, they're, you know, they're playing softball and maybe their youngest edition of boy will play baseball for you. We just have to wait and see. So you most recently started working coaching for the Texas Dukes softball program. Uh, how did that come about? And tell me about exactly what the uh, Texas Duke softball organization is. Okay, so the Dukes um, started in North Carolina and um, they've been you've seen a lot of select teams. They do this now. It's kind of like spreading and they get teams everywhere. And so they're trying to branch out into Texas. They reach out to a previously organized team. I didn't, I'm not going to take credit for putting this team together because I didn't. Um, I came into a team that was already great and put together. And, um, you know, it was time for a rebrand. It was time for something new, maybe it'll, maybe a bigger name to bring some other kids in because kids love that kind of stuff. <laughs> and uh, so they end up reaching out to me. They had actually reached out to me a while back, but I was, I got pregnant with Phoebe. So I'd considered it. I wasn't, I wasn't super confident in my ability to coach a team. I like the player development part. So what I do is I, um, I've got like, gosh, I've got like 40 kids that I work with over here and I stay busy. I stay busy. There's no shortage. And, uh, so I'm more comfortable one-on-one -on -one player development, maybe a couple players, things like that, but I'm not confident. I'm still not, I haven't, I'm not a coach of a team, um, coaching a team, game management, things like that. So I'm like, uh, I don't know, got pregnant with Phoebe, 
And so it kind of just worked out where I got to buy myself a little more time. Well, once I gave birth, they come back to me and they're like, hey, what are you thinking? And I sit down and talk and, you know, <laughs> sometimes when numbers are right and things add up and it's hard to turn something down. And maybe that's my sign to branch out into something new and try something different. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to try. I'm going to try this with the Dukes. They're an 18U national team. About half the team is already committed to schools. Uh, work in towards recruit, getting the other girls recruited. Um, but that's what I'm going to do. So I'm trying to get them in the best tournaments we can be in. Looking for a couple little spots to fill. If anybody watching this podcast, I need a pitcher. I need a pitcher. <laughs> yeah, well, um, yeah, good, good, good. you need a pitcher right now. So I guess that's a good thing for the Cajuns because that might be a pipeline for Jerry. It, it might. Yeah, it might. It might. Yeah, I'm not going to give away my cards, but um, <laughs> I, stay, I stay in contact. I stay in contact because I know what, what – because I'm confident not just in what I send to Coach Jerry, but in what I send my players to. Like, I know Coach Glasgow as a person, as a coach. I love the program. I love him. I know he's going to do what's right by those kids. And if he doesn't feel like it's a great fit, he will help find them a new home. He won't, he won't BS you. He's going to tell you, like, no, she's not going to fit in here. And I say, thanks for letting me know when I move on. It's pretty much that simple. And I appreciate that. What's the number one thing you learned as a raging Cajun that you pass along to your students? Oh, man, that is a really, really great question. Wow. I'm going to have to think about that for a second. What's the number one thing? We can come back to it. No, actually, I've, I've immediately thought of something. And I'm going to figure out a way to word this. When I... Talked to Coach Glasgow when I was getting recruited by him, when I was transferring. Um, I told him something that I really admired about UL as a school because I had played against them a couple times. I'm sure you remember the 2016 regional. Yeah. That was a dog fight, and that was fun. Um, even being on the losing side of that, that was – I mean, it's all you could hope for in a softball game, right? Didn't like it then, love it now. One thing about them – so it's a mid-major, but, God, you know it doesn't feel like a mid-major. You know, it doesn't feel like just any mid-major. Um, and I tell all my kids that it, you have the, uh, you have the opportunity to do everything you want there. If you want to be an All-American, you can achieve that there. If you want the chance to go to the World Series, you can achieve that there. So I tell Coach Glasgow on the phone, something I really love about UL is that it doesn't matter who they're playing. They don't back down. They're tough. They'll get in your face. They're not going to let you bully them around. They're going to play you because sometimes being at an SEC school, you can play a team and you can tell they're nervous and you can kind of push them around a little bit on the field and say stuff to them and they won't respond, things like that. Not with UL. Not with UL. They're rough. They're tough. That's how I like to play softball, and I felt like that would be a good fit. So I try and tell my girls that that's the kind of softball that you're interested in playing. That's a great fit for you. That's a good that's fit. If you plan on being tough and in somebody's face, UL is where you want to be. That is great. That, that is fantastic. So – Wrapping things up shortly, um, what does the future hold for Keely Milligan? I keep saying I'm going to go back to school. I keep saying I'm going to do that. I can't give away too much. I can't. That's <laughs> all right. Let me ask you this so, question. No, no, uh, no. So I'm working on the coaching thing. I'm working on the coaching thing, but I'm also working on my own little thing I'm doing. I actually have people coming out to my house as soon as we get off uh, this podcast. And I'm taking some stuff in. I'm talking and I'm working on a couple things and uh i don't know wherever the wind blows me i think i've got a general idea but i'm open you're still young 
Yeah, I think. Gosh, I'm starting not to feel like it, but yeah. All right, so two more questions. What do you know about this year's Cajun team? I know this. They have a lot of solid athletes that are at true utilities. Um, it's different than Cajun teams you've seen in the past. In the past, it's been a lot of really big hitters. You know, they might not have a ton of speed, nothing like that. Not necessarily like a stealing bases threat. Okay, but um, this year's this year's team has a lot of athletes, true athletes. Um, I notice a lot of the same kind of like body type and build. I can tell absolutely one hundred percent. You could not have said it better. There are yes. five or six girls. If you didn't look at their face, you wouldn't know because their bodies have a certain type. I guess Glasgow likes that type of player, a certain physique, and about five or six of them have exactly what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Like they look, they have that look on the field. They and I love it personally. Like. I mean, I like softball because it's very inclusive and it's inclusive of a lot of different body types and everybody is able to play and be successful at it. Um, but he's got a type and um, I think it's going to work. I think UL is about to come out and um, it's going to be something really special. They're going to be battle tested this year. So that's going to come through when it matters. There's a freshman that's here from Love Lady, Texas. Her name is Maya Davis. She mm -hmm. played for the Texas Bombers this fall. She hit 570, which is the highest batting average any player has had in fall ball since Glasgow has been here. Do, do you know who she is? I've heard that name, and I was able to watch her play a little bit this fall. I make it out to as many games as I can. Um, and I was able to watch her play a little bit this fall. Um, she's an athlete. She's an athlete. You know, she can run a little bit. She's pretty fast. Well, that's what I wanted to point out. She can run a lot. And uh -huh. I, I'm i just going to be straight up. I think if she's here for four years, there's a possibility she could break your record. <laughs> you know what I say, though? You know, hopefully she does, because that would mean that UL is being successful. They're scoring runs. When people still basically score runs, that's all I want for them. My ultimate goal is to see UL back at the World Series. That's what I want. That's what I want. And I'll let her have it. And I'll tell you why I'll let her have it. Because she's going to have to transfer to A&M and she's going to have to beat that one too. <laughs> <laughs> she can have this one. She can have So this you one. have the most stolen base record at two different schools. I was right, not aware of right, that. Right, 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 right. Yes. No, but I'm, I'll be I'll be thrilled. I'll be thrilled. when the, If that happens, I'll be absolutely thrilled. But I tell everybody, being fast is great. The hard part is not stealing bases. It's getting on base. Stealing bases is not hard. That's easy work. That's like, that's light work. Getting on base is what's tough. So if she can run those numbers up, yeah, she probably will. All right. Well, listen, it's been great. I really do appreciate you uh, joining me today. It's really good to see you. Um, I really hope you do get to make some games at both Lampson Park and some of the games that the Cajuns are playing, you know, in Texas. They're going to A&M. They're going to Texas. They're going to Baylor. So uh, it's going to be a great season. It's going to be a very uh, challenging season with the schedule that the Cajuns have, but it's going to be a lot of fun. So I really do hope to see you out at some games, and I really do appreciate you taking the time to speak with me today, and I hope you have a, a great uh, 2023. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I love talking about softball in general, especially UL softball, my favorite team ever. So, um, yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's an honor. Um, and you will be seeing me at games. I'm there for a lot of stuff. I was at Texas last year. I'm hoping to make it to Clearwater this year. That's where I'll really want to be. That's going to be fun.
I'm, I, I got to tell you that, you know, I was planning to go too, but the ticket sold out in five minutes and I was not able to get a ticket. So Are you I won't be there. I'll be watching on ESPN. So if you get to go there, it's going to be uh, a great time with some really, really fantastic games. So uh, wow. if you go, I hope you have a good trip. Well, thank you so much. Um, maybe I'll, I'll have to start looking for tickets now, I guess. I don't have any tickets, so I might not be there either. Jeez. <laughs> All right. Thanks again, and uh, we'll see you at the ballpark. Yeah, thank you so much. Make sure you uh, come up to me. Sometimes I don't notice because I have my kids with me usually, but make sure that you come up to me and say hello so we can I, talk. I definitely will. Thanks again. Thank you so much. Bye. So there you have it, a conversation with Keely Milligan. It was so great speaking with her. She has such a great personality, a beautiful smile, and I do look forward to seeing her at the ballpark in 2023. That's it for this edition of my podcast. I really do appreciate you tuning in. As always, see you at the ballpark and go Cajuns.